Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. How are you, Mace? I'm doing all right. How are you feeling? You're socially distancing today. Yeah, you know what? I feel a little under the weather, not a ton. I'm like, I could do the show from home. I should give you and you know Danny a break from seeing me face-to-face every single day. I'm sure it's a nice mini vacation for you. So I'm sitting in my house doing the show. Well, the funny thing is because of the holidays and whatnot, we've actually seen less of you in person than, ordin- than ordinarily so. It hasn't been five days a week lately. And that is my gift to you. Uh, you know, in for Hanukkah, we have eight days of Hanukkah. Uh, for Christmas, there are 12 days of Christmas. So I'm trying to, you know, go before and after all of the holidays and give you 20 full days without me. And the 12th day of Christmas, by the way, is tomorrow. There we go. It's the Epiphany Day, yeah. which is a very, which is actually very big in Orthodox churches, right? Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, etc. And oh, by the way, uh, starting next Friday, I'm not going to be in studio for two full weeks because I'm having a procedure done. Uh, I'm going to get some hair is the best way to put it. So uh, I'm very excited to be working with Dr. McCracken and his staff. And uh, but I won't be in studio for two weeks. So that's how I feel I can fill up the eight days of Hanukkah, 12 days of Christmas, my gift to you, our gift to the listeners and the viewers right now, the lead. And, and Well, I was going to say, I, there's another week I'm not with you after that. So it's three weeks we're not doing shows together because I'll be at the it's Senior our, Bowl. It's our gift to each other. Yes. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Vic Fangio met the media today. He was asked by our friend Mark Kisler, who's not shy about asking tough questions. Why Vic felt he should be retained for the final year of his contract, despite having a losing record during his opening three seasons on the job. I do believe this team has made progress. You know, we got it to uh, six and five. We lost three tough games against teams that are going to make the playoffs, you know, play here and there, better call here and there. And uh, maybe we get over the hump there and we're still in the hunt now. You know, and then last week, um, you know, we got to be able to go play with what we got, but we did have a depleted roster last week. So, you know, I'm I'm not one to uh, campaign publicly, but I was asked that question, so I gave that answer recently that you alluded to. But I'd really rather have those discussions with George and Joe. Thank you. And I have a feeling that discussion is going to be happening as soon as – Saturday night, quite possibly on Sunday, maybe on Monday. But Mace, I think the discussion is eventually going to happen in a vacuum, in a nutshell. If you flew in on a spaceship and just looked at the final score, 
Just look to the final scores of the games that he is referring to. The game against the Bengals, five-point game. The game against the Raiders, closer than that. I certainly understand all the guys on the COVID list. You could, you could look at what Vic Fangio and said, say, that's a pretty good point. As you can tell by the tone of my voice, I'm not buying what Vic is selling. Are you buying what he's selling? I'm not because the the bottom line is this is it's this is part of just a general overall pattern. I mean, it's not much different than it was the previous two years, and we've kind of seen a failure to, to a failure to finish. And yes, I think a lot of it can be put on the offense and the quarterback position specifically. There's no doubt about that. But even going back to the first year that Vic Fangio was on the job. There were some defensive late letdowns late as well. You remember when the Broncos start 0-4 back in 2019, and uh, two of those four losses were, at the end, the defense letting up uh, late scores. So it's not like the defense has not been culpable in all this. So let's go back. Vic said, hey, we were close, right? Yes. That what he basically now, first of all, he said that last year, too. Yeah. So make so let's not think that this is the first time we are hearing this. Is their overall record better? Yes. But I can also give you reasons, Vic, why maybe your record is better. When you start the season against three teams that are picking top five in the draft, maybe that's a reason too. But I'll point something directly at Vic. Maybe if Vic was a little bit better with his clock management in the Bengals game at the end of the first half, and we, everybody in the building knew and everybody watching on TV knew they were going to settle for a field goal. That's on Vic for not managing the clock. And what did that turn out to be? Six point swing, right? Yep. Six. And how many do they lose by? Oh, I think it was five. Five. Yep. So it's a six point swing. So I will say if I'm going to be a real jackass and a jerk about it, Hey, Vic, you're right. It was a close game against the Bengals. You literally lost your team the game. Literally, your boneheaded decision for leaving time on the clock. It's not your fault that McManus missed, but you left time on the clock. Period. You lost him that game. Now, while it's not fair of me to say that, and I say it as, as jokingly as much as possible, Vic's not the reason. There are a lot of reasons why. But if we want to look at game management and timeouts and challenge flags and all that stuff, that plays into close losses. You know what happens when you don't have all your timeouts when you should? You know what happens when you don't manage the clock the way you should? You know what happens when you lose timeouts because you make silly challenges? You know what you call that in the business, Andrew? Failing at the things that you have control of. No. You know what you call No, I'm not wrong. (laughs) No, you're not wrong. But I'm going to give you another term. You know what the other term is? Death by inches. Yeah. You almost cut out on that. (laughs) That's what that is. Death by inches. And that ties a nice red bow onto the package that's going to send Vic likely packing. I like Vic as a person. He's a nice guy. I would love to have a glass of wine and a plate of pasta with him. And I'm not saying that because his last name ends in a vowel. And and I'm not saying it because he's Italian. And I'm saying something that is racially or, or insensitive. I would love to sit down with him and have a beer and talk football. I like Vic Fangio. I hear some guys on the radio ripping Vic Fangio saying he's an arrogant jerk. You know what? 
I, the one person I'm thinking of in particular, you don't know Vic Fangio, so you can't say that. I can't say whether he is or isn't, but he's not an arrogant jerk. Does, does he lack probably in some interpersonal communication skills? Probably. Again, you and I have talked about it, but players have said to me and have said to you, he's not very good with the uh, bedside manner of getting to know me and my family. But at the end of the day, it's been death by inches by him too. And when you look at the Raiders game specifically, yes, his defense forced turnovers. He didn't force turnovers. His defense forced turnovers. At the end of the day, I think we blame coaches Offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, too much for turnovers. It's They tell guys to hold on to the ball. They tell guys to be careful with the ball. It is not Pat Shermer's fault that Drew Locke throws an interception. It's not. It's not uh, Pat Shermer's fault that Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball. I'm sure Pat Shermer has said to Melvin Gordon, hold on to the damn ball. I'm sure... It is not Vic Fangio's. It, he doesn't get credit for every interception that happens because a quarterback on the other side of the ball makes a bad mistake, right? Right. Yeah. We can say this for any coach as well. I mean, like Tom McMahon, special teams coordinator, right. day, he was falling on the sword for yeah. Deontay Spencer muffing a punt, and McMahon is kicking that. it to the wrong spot. And, and no, if it's anything, he, he took the responsibility, but I'm thinking to myself, this wasn't on you, Tom. Right. But what is on what is on Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio is after halftime of that Bengals game when the offense was nothing short of putrid and he tells the sideline reporter for CBS quote about should they change the offense up a little bit because it looks like it's been driving in the mud with three tires. He said, well, there are plays to be made. Don't need to change their game plan or their scheme. That is on Vic Fangio. That is on Pat Shermer. And you really have to wonder what a Melvin Gordon would think about that when he just said the other day, you know what? I think we have a Super Bowl roster. I think we have a ton of talent. So clearly there is a disconnect between the players and the coaches and all the players are not going to go. It's a lot easier to let go of three guys. Yeah, and that's just that, that's pro sports. Especially especially when you've got a bunch of players that are on multi-year contracts with guaranteed money. It's just yeah. it's easier to move on. And the other thing is, and we've talked about this, but the record of coaches that had three consecutive losing seasons and and got retained is incredibly poor. The odds are not basically what we've learned over the years, even though you can kind of point to and say, okay, some of them didn't have the quarterbacks, uh, blah, blah, blah. But we've learned that generally speaking, three years is kind of enough to know what kind of head coach you have. Here's something else to consider when you look at the Raiders game in which the Broncos certainly forced plenty of turnovers. And I'm not going to give Vic Fangio a ton of credit for players um, for players causing turnovers. Yes, you can make, make the case that maybe the scheme put them in the right place. I'll give Vic Fangio some credit for that. But at the end of the day, the player has to make the play, right? Mm-hmm. But for as good of a, a defensive coordinator as Vic Fangio is, and I'm not suggesting if the Broncos offense had the ball more in the second half against the Raiders, they suddenly would have scored because they wouldn't have. But 
Where were the adjustments by Vic Fangio when Josh Jacobs was running the ball down their throat throughout the entire second half? Not just one series, the entire second half. Exactly. And we can we can Vic, point to other examples as well over the Fangio tenure. He and and you said it at the beginning of the segment, which is when they needed a win, they couldn't get it. It's easy to say. Well, they were seven and six. Bridgewater goes out halfway into one of those to the first game, and Locke can't get the job done. We'll talk about Drew Locke more later on in the show after his comments that he still thinks he's definitely an NFL starter in this league, which is a whole nother conversation. At the end of the day, when you lose close games, that doesn't mean that you're close. It just means you're not that good. You're not good enough to win. That's what that means. You can't keep being close. Being close means being second. That being close means you didn't win. And at the end of the day, that's what this business is about. Yep. There's a the the the, the graveyard of football is littered with coaches, <laughs> teams, and quarterbacks who were close, but they right. couldn't get over the hump. I mean, this is a tale as old as time. The only reason why the Broncos Okay, in their games over their last three games, didn't finish in third place is because there wasn't a third place option. It's only first and second. So if you're not first, you're last. Coming up after the break, as we head into the 17th game of the season, there could be some NFL records broken, including by Cooper Cup, who's having a season for the ages as a wide receiver. With that, with that, should Cooper Cup stats, should other stats be counted towards the record books legitimately as these are new records? We'll talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At May Stenver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. They are doing so well. They have grown. They now have a 12-person team, well over 50 years of experience. They are hands-on. They think out of the box. And really, that's the way it should be. It's not one size fits all with every deal, whether you're buying, you're selling, or you're leasing. You want to work with a great company that is a big team to work for you. And I'm telling you, when you are ranked in the top 10 in the Denver metro area as a commercial real estate brokerage firm, you are doing something right. Go with Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. Go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. .co. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. 
Okay, so just like when the NFL way back in the day went from 14 games to 16 games, and now we are going from 16 regular season games to 17 regular season games. And just like when baseball was at 154 games and they went to 161 games, everybody knew when you look at the record books, mm, how do you really gauge it? Cooper Cup, he's on the verge of breaking some records potentially, but he says his 17th game really shouldn't count for his totals for him to get a record. Good for him being the bigger guy. With that, how are you going to view that, Mace? You know what? I tend to take every record personally and say, okay, let's do it by number of games. And I know that's kind of harder to do, and it's not, it's not the simplest thing. But yep. that's sort of what I view it like. For example, rushing yards in a season, to me, the record, the true record holder is OJ Simpson because he did it in 14 games. So that's it. It's that cut and dry? For me, it is, yes. Hmm. Okay. Um, do you think it'll ever be acceptable in the court of public opinion? for somebody to have a record when they play an extra game? I think, well, let's just start with the six from the 16 game era, which of course ended last year. Right. I think if you see somebody break a record in the first 16 games, it, it might get uh, a little more notice than if it happens over set, than if that record is broken in the 17th game. And but look, I mean the record, the the, the game's going to count for the record books no matter what. But you can, but I, it's just it's one of those things that's going to always be kind of a bar stool debate, basically. Who had the better season? Well, someone had more yards, someone had more receptions, someone had more touchdowns, but they had more games to do it. We've been having again, like I mentioned with the OJ Simpson, uh, two thousand yard season in nineteen seven nineteen seventy three when it was fourteen games. This debate's happened before. So. Are you talking about? Let's, I don't know. I, I'd have to look this up. Single what? Single season rushing leaders. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So oh, now OJ Simpson is obviously right near the top, right? Right. OJ Simpson, 2,000 yards in 14 games, right? Yes. So Eric Dickerson has the record. How many do that in 16 or 14? he did it in 16 games? He had 2105 in 16 games. OJ Simpson had 2003 yards in 14. All right. Yeah. So it's the same. So it's um, Peyton Manning does not have the, uh, the record for touchdown passes or does he? He does. He does you have sure that, about that. He does have that record. Yeah. Dan Marino, when or who, who shattered the record many years ago, uh, yeah. He did a 16 game schedule, only just like Pey just like Peyton Manning did. Nobody had enough of a 14 game schedule to match the pace that Peyton had. Pardon me for 16 games. So Peyton well, Manning to me is the goat when it comes to touchdown passes. So you're talking about the NFL era only. Yes. <clears throat> you're not talking about 1964. That's irrelevant. Only the NFL era. Well, we're talking about in the in, in, is that in the AFL. 
I don't know. That's what I'm asking. How far back are you willing to go? I mean, because I think, like in baseball, in baseball, you go you go back to the 1800s. Well, I think you. I, I absolutely think you do. But the thing is, I know for a fact that nobody in the shorter season era averaged more touchdown passes on a per game basis than Peyton Manning did when he had 55 over 16. There was nobody in the 1960s who averaged literally 3.4 touchdowns touchdown passes per game. Thus Manning's you know, record it to me is is the one that matters. And that's fine. Yeah. But but here's the problem. The problem is you can start skewing it in different ways. What if a guy misses a couple games because of injury and then you average it by game? Maybe he has the record now. Injuries that's just something you have to accept that happen that that happen and no, I don't have, no, it's I don't, unfortunate. No, nope, nope, I don't have to accept it at all. Well, that's what I do. <laughs> no, you can you can, but I'm saying number of games played during that season. Then you could have somebody. You have to have a limit because what if you had some guy who was who had say, uh, let's say they had 20 touchdown passes in five games and their season ended. I don't know. That does, that that's not the record. You only you didn't get to have that. the season. He, here's the funny thing, though. If we're really being honest here, numbers don't mean anything, really, in in professional football. They don't. And I'll tell you why. Do me a favor. I'm not in studio with you, right? Yeah, you're not in studio. Of course. Close your computer. I can't see what you're doing. Close your computer. I'm not closing the computer. I'm just taking my hands off okay. the Good. keyboard. How many home runs did Hank Aaron have? In his career, 755. Yes. Babe Ruth. Uh, 714. Barry Bonds. Whether you consider him the record holder or not, how many did he have? What did he have? Like 773? I don't know the number. How many? How many did he have in a one single season? I don't. Me- I don't remember his single season record. Okay, but generally speaking, you remember the- how many wins did Cy Young have? Well, yeah, like five hundred something. Five hundred eleven. Yeah. Now tell me how many passing yards Brett Favre had. Tell me how many total touchdowns Peyton Manning had. I don't know. Tell me how many went. That's my point. But you're also number- but you're also dealing with when you're talking about like yardage, for example, you're talking about totals that are in the like. Many thousands of yards. Well, I can. Pro- well, does Peyton Manning have over how many touchdown passes does he have? Did he have like I want to say, uh, like five nineteen something like that? Or well, that's that lower than that's lower than seven fifty five. It's lower than seven fifty five. Also, the the other thing that has to the other the other thing that happens Gene. no, but the other thing that happens for a lot of these records is that uh, mm-hmm. Peyton had five thirty nine. Um, the other thing that happens on these records is the number becomes becomes legendary the longer it exists. Like one of the reasons people remember Henry, the, when Henry Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record. Babe Ruth's record of 714 home runs stood for nearly 40 years before Henry Aaron broke it. The funny thing is there are probably more people who, if you ask them how many home runs Henry Aaron hit, that would say 715 because that surpassed... Babe Ruth rather than the final total of 755 because sometimes you get numbers that just last so long they become iconic like the like one of the few that kind of resonates with me in football for a career is for over 40 years Don Hudson held the touchdown pass or touchdown reception record held it from the 40s until 19 19- 89. He had 99 
And that's also an easy number to remember because then Steve Largent broke it with number 100. But the, one of the reasons why that number, even though it's football, not baseball, it, why that stuck in your memory is because it had become legendary because it had existed for so long. It took on kind of a mythical quality. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. got it's no, got endor. We're seeing these passing records. They basically they they've been you know we Favre set them, and then Peyton Manning set them, and then Drew Brees, and then Tom and Tom Brady. So, so you're just saying they were falling. To... So they, these these career records have been falling so fast in the passing game that none of them have a chance to become iconic. Okay, so basically what you're saying is every record should be based on 14 games. Or ever well. For single nope, season, nope, no, nope, no, nope, nope. nope, nope. single season record, totally every, on fourteen games. Every single, totally. every single season record, you should divide it by the number of games Correct. played in the season. That's fine. Yes, and that, and that, and that. So you're going to have very different record holders. In some cases, yes. Like for, I mean, again, to, OJ yep. said for, for me, there you uh, go. unless unless you have a running back who comes along. And right. and averages more per game than OJ Simpson did. OJ Simpson averaged one hundred and forty three point one yards per game. So for a running back to do that in seventeen games, they would have to hit two thousand four hundred thirty two yards. If you know, maybe Derrick Henry is healthy next year and hits twenty twenty four thirty two. And if and if he does, I'll tip my cap to him and say, "Yep, goat of single season running backs." Period. Jonathan Taylor does it. Same thing. Yeah, but here's the problem. The problem is you don't know any of those off the top of your head because if you did, it'd be more important to you. Well, the thing but is, you don't. well, well you I, don't. I know, you know two, you, but you don't. I know 2003 for O.J. Simpson. That's it. That's it. But you don't know attempts. You don't know passing yards. You don't know touchdowns. I know. I know. Necessarily in the season. I know 55 you know, for Peyton Manning. You know a couple. And I know Dan My Marino is, had 48. That because Marino's right. record stood for two decades. Marino's record that. stood long enough to have some cachet. No, I'm with you on that. But at the end of the day, you don't even know what a record is. Generally speaking, if I threw out 10 or eight, 10 to, if I threw out 10 to 20 records, you'd probably have to look some up and then do some math. Sure. Right. All right. Coming up after the break, the Wonderlick test and the NFL draft. Speaking of numbers, kind of synonymous. Well, there's going to be some major changes. We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mason Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Guys, we have some breaking news. This was, I just saw this uh, probably about 15 minutes ago on Twitter. Um, many people probably know that the Super Bowl is expected to be played at SoFi Stadium, a place you were just at, Mace, in Los Angeles on February 13th. Well, California's indoor mask mandate was set to expire on January 15th. It has now been extended 
to February 15th. Again, the Super Bowl is February 13th. Every year, the NFL always looks into contingencies for another venue. I saw the story this morning that uh, Jerry World has decided, hey, we'll be more than happy to have it in Arlington, Texas. So I've known that they always look at other venues, Mace. But now with this news, the Super Bowl might be moved. What's interesting is they refer to uh, this stadium as indoors. It's actually not. It's open air. I mean, there are indoor, like obviously like indoor spaces, like on the club levels, for example. But SoFi Stadium is, it's not enclosed. It has a roof on top of it, but it is completely open at each, at the ends. The air just kind of comes through. So I, okay. I so I Mace. wonder I I, I it's just no 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 Mace. let me finish I'm let me finish because to me it's like all right is this it are, are can you refer to this as as being subject to the indoor mask mandate or not Mace don't like you me. of you of all people okay when it comes to wearing masks practically a bodysuit I don't think for a minute you believe that SoFi Stadium would possibly be considered an outdoor stadium. Well, I wear I wear masks when I'm outdoors as well when there are people when there are a lot of people around. That's not what I said. You don't really believe in your heart. I understand the argument that you're trying to make. That's fair. You you can make the argument if you want to. I'm just saying you really don't believe it's an outdoor stadium. Well, I actually do because when I was walking around on Sunday on uh late Sunday morning or right around noontime Sunday and it was about 57 degrees. I needed a, a jacket and a vest because the breeze, I felt cold. It certainly damn well felt like an outdoor stadium that at that mm. point. Okay. I don't believe you. You can sell me whatever you want to. I don't believe you. Didn't they have I, to pause a game there because of the lightning at one point? They did. Exactly. Good so point, how can Danny. it be an indoor stadium? Yeah. It, it, as far as COVID is concerned, if anybody truly believes that that qualifies as an outdoor stadium, come on. Listen, I don't, I'm not going to be there anyway. I don't care. Quite frankly, I don't even care where the Super Bowl is played, just as long as it's played. But don't try and sell me that that is an outdoor stadium, because it's not. It's a. It has some openings that make it more breathable, like looser pants, but it's not an outdoor stadium. The way the way the roof structure is, it is yeah. actually separate from the stadium, and it goes okay. up and above the entire thing. And the air and there and there are huge like it's it these huge open air areas at both ends where yeah you can have some you can have some wind. Yes, you have there. There's no temperature control, so. If it's a if it's a cold day, if it's a cool day in L.A., it's going to be a cool day in that stadium. That's why I do think it's I, I and I'm curious to think to to see how they define SoFi Stadium because, like Danny said, when there were storms in the area, they had to go on a lightning delay at SoFi Stadium. Something you wouldn't have to do if it were indoors. Would you honestly consider it an outdoor stadium? Like I said, I was walking when I had to walk around on Sunday. I had to wear, I had to wear a jacket and a and a vest and a puffy vest because it was cool. So to me, that's an outdoor stadium. Let me ask you. Let Let's say at at the studio that we're let's say at the at your house, you open all the windows and all the doors. You open all of them. 
do you consider your house to be an indoor house or an outdoor house? At that, well, at, it's an in. If you can enclose it, it's indoors. Mm-hmm. The, there, but this L.A. the stadium in L.A. It's not like the the stadium in Dallas. It's not like the stadium in Minnesota, where in both cases they can, th- you know. In Dallas, they can throw open the roof and they can throw throw open um, the windows at each end. In Minnesota, they can throw open the windows at the at one end of the stadium, but those are but those they can enclose. You cannot enclose SoFi Stadium. And you think the openings are really that big? Uh, yeah, I've been there twice. No, no. I mean, how big are they? Huge. They're substantial. I mean, they're substantial. Like I said, the roof, the roof structure is separate, and it's yeah. it's away from the stadium and out. So it is a it, it basically it is it, it it's. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Imagine if they built. Imagine if you had Coors Field, and then where McGregor Square is, you had these support columns. And you had a roof that went about that that went much that went substantially higher than Coors Field, and then that roof covered Coors Field, and then had the support columns on the other side where there's all that where there's all that parking, and you get toward uh, some you know some other neighborhoods and so forth. And it was up substantially above the state. It's basically like just it's like basically having like a huge canopy. Over it's like it's like a car. It's basically like okay. a carport. It, it, the stadium is a carport. Is okay. what it is. Not I'll a garage. Just, a carport. Fine. Let me put it another way, okay? Because I know how you feel about COVID and wearing your mask. If you were standing on the field by yourself, where the Broncos play, all right, mm-hmm. and there were other people around, but you were totally socially distanced. Let's say there were. I don't know. You were six yards away from everybody on the field, but the field was full six yards, which is not six feet. Would you feel that you would have to wear a mask standing in where the Broncos play? The reason I would have a mask on is because I know I'd be moving around other people moving around. No, no. I'm saying you're standing in one spot the whole time. I, I wouldn't wear a mask. You would not wear a mask. No. Okay. Now, same deal at SoFi. Would you wear a mask? No. Okay. Well, there you go. Again, like what I said, we- I've look. I've been there twice. I know how it's. I, I've. I've, okay. I've, I've. I've. And because of some issues right. with finding the entrance, I've literally walked around the entire stadium grounds okay. twice. Okay. So I That's know fine. how it's structured. It, well, believe me, it is. It that place is open air. All right. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. Last segment, you guys talked about records. We'll talk about an interesting win-loss record for a quarterback in the NFL and also a record on the defensive side of the ball that could be broken in fewer than 16 games. That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. You can drive your dream car today, whether it's a luxury ride, something domestic, something foreign. They're going to get you the car that you want at the price that you want. They have the inventory to back up what they can do because inventory, as you know, has been short these days. Well, I know my friends at Rocky Mountain Eurosport, they are starting to get some inventory in. And with that, I want to bring in my friend Debbie from Rocky Mountain Eurosport. How are you, Deb? Fine. How are you today? Let's talk about that inventory. A lot of dealers in town, a lot of places in town are so short on inventory, they have to jack up their prices. But you guys are adding inventory. How are you doing that? Well, I've got really good buyers here. Um, Jacob, the owner, um, does a lot of our buying, and he gets online with several different options and is purchasing and getting the right vehicles for our needs here in Parker and in Denver. What does the market landscape look like for 2022? Gosh, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I could tell you. Right, right. It's it's all up in the air right now. It's just kind of been uh, just like everybody else riding that COVID wave. So right. we're waiting but, to see. But if you're adding inventory, and that's a big thing, that means people are going to get better deals. And they're going to be able to take advantage of the great financing options that you guys have as well. And they can also take advantage the fact that you service all makes and models. But the thing that I really enjoy talking to you about, Debbie, is, is the way that you guys get involved in the community. What kind of things you have planned this upcoming year specifically with the Parker Task Force? Well, in June, we will for sure be working with um, the Parker Cruisers, which is a car uh, cruising group, and they do a big uh, show during the Parker days, and all of the money that they raise for the show goes directly to the Parker Task Force. Um, I'm also working with Steve at the Parker Task Force to do some collection sites and try to set up a collection here as well to get foods and goods in there. We do a lot of work with the Parker Task Force. In fact, at Christmas, we don't. We adopted two families, and it's just so great to be able to spend some time there helping these families who are trying to get back on their feet um, have a good Christmas. And it was really, really quite wonderful to be able to do that. So that's two of the things we're doing with Parker Task Force this year. Now, listen, you guys are in Parker, right? You have a location there. You also have a location in Denver. And when people say, well, Parker Task Force, they only want to do stuff in their community. That's not true because you did something last year with breast cancer awareness. What things are you doing outside of Parker? Besides well, Parker we Task also, Force? We also work with the food banks in Denver to make sure right. that we get them applied as well and make them yeah. to them. So whatever fundraisers and things we do (laughs) at the different locations, then we will definitely reciprocate reciprocate the different food banks in those locations. 
And you guys are so good about not only helping Parker, Denver, but the entire Colorado community. You and I have known each other for a long time, Deb, and that is your thing. That is your bailiwick. How can we get involved in the community? And I got to tell you something, when you buy a car, whether it's a truck or a car or an SUV, whatever, you want to work with a company that's going to give you a great deal, right? You want to get a great ride, but you also want to work with people that give back. And that's exactly what Rocky Mountain Eurosport does in Parker and in Denver. Yep. And How one people... thing that we're looking Go forward ahead. to that we're going to be doing this fall, of course, I have to get it started now, but we're going to recognize all of our first responders and just throw a little party for them to tell them how much we appreciate everything they do. Um, it's just so important to let them know that we care about them and their jobs and do recognize what they're doing for the community. And we're going to be inviting the Denver Fire Department, Denver Police wow. Department. It's just not just here. It's Fire Department, Police Department all over the metro Denver area that will be included in this event. Once again, if you're looking for your dream car today, go to Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver or in Parker. They service all makes and models, fantastic finance options. They're building up the inventory to get you the car you want at the price you want. Go for a test drive today or find them at rmeurosport.com. Debbie, love you. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, Debbie. Bye. Bye. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, after the Arizona Cardinals 25-22 win over the Dallas Cowboys, Kyler Murray is now 9-0 at AT&T Stadium since high school. He won a bunch of times in high school twice in college and now twice in the NFL. As the NFL playoff picture stands today, the Cardinals and Cowboys would play again in Dallas in the wild card round. Is Kyler's perfect record at Jerry World a coincidence or something more? Well, I mean, the perfect record includes college games and Oklahoma, when they would play there, usually had superior talent, superior personnel so i kind of take a lot of that with uh, with a grain of salt i believe also there was a 20 there's a 2020 game monday night football if i'm not mistaken danny where the cowboys were already i believe they're already without dak prescott by that point that and kyler and the cardinals went in and won so i don't put much into it because i feel like he was on teams that had the decided upper hand going in so I don't put much into the overall to the overall record I do put a lot into what happened on Sunday though unless you're Floyd Mayweather unless you are Rocky Marciano very rarely do you go undefeated eventually you're going to lose because the law of averages tells you that that's eventually going to happen mm -hmm. it's right that he's nine and oh I, we'll see what happens if they wind up playing the Cowboys over there but here's something else is what we talked about in the last segment what if, right, what if the Super Bowl does get moved to Dallas? Are we talking about this all over again? 
That's a good point. And the other thing is also, don't forget with Dallas this past Sunday, Dallas had already clinched a playoff game. They still, you know, they were still in the mix for a high seed, but they'd clinched the division title. They were going to be at home. Arizona's fighting to try to get back, get the NFC West back. The Cardinals had more on the line. There was every, there's every bit of a reason for the Cowboys to go into that game and say, we're not going to show our full hand in this contest. Just in case you missed it, TJ Watt has 21 and a half sacks in 14 games played this season. Just one shy of Michael Strahan's official record of 22 and a half sacks in 2001, and one and a half behind Al Baker's unofficial record, 23 in 1978, before stats were officially recorded. Eric, you made a strong case yesterday uh-huh. for Trayvon Diggs to no. be. Ah, no, let's go back to the previous segment. Mace, is this a record if he gets it? It's 17 games, even though he missed two because of injury. Is this the new record? No, no. Why? I mean, the, the record he, the record should belong to uh, Al Baker. Oh. Back in 1978. Al, Al Baker with uh, 23 sacks in 16 games. And so, so you're so for the last five, six years, when people talk about if people bring up Michael Strahan, do you always bring up Baker? Now that we have reasonably official numbers on Baker, yes, because Pro Football Reference went back and kind of took the pre-1982 sacks and and gave us the totals. So now I think we can say from independent verification that for a single season, Al Baker, 1978, who, by the way, went to CSU, is the single season sack king. Well, then you know what? Then, then maybe the pro who did a pro who pro football who? pro football reference. Good. Do that on Randy Gratishar's tackles. Get back to me and tell me if you should be in the Hall of Fame. They should. Right. That, that's it's and that and tackles have never been have never been official because they were kept team by team for so long. But there should be an effort, I think, to go and get kind of independent verification on tackles because. I can only say this based on the games that I have watched from Randy Gratishar and then looked at the game books. The counts that I saw, the tackles added up. Okay. But so you so w- when did this whole thing happen with Baker by the way? Uh the the it was last year when Pro Football Reference kind of went back and and real and and started diving into this and that So, and so they so they that. watched every single game watched gone back through game books gone back through history etc they've had people no, go game, game books they've had nothing they've had people they, nothing well, watch the game well you no the game. in sacks in sacks it's actually clear because it the sacks were actually registered in the game books over time they just weren't kept as an official stat i wonder what they would have for deacon jones i wonder if he'd be better than baker what they only they got back to numbers? they can only go back to 1970 there we go, there so. we go. right so yeah. we really don't know do we we only so can we, go by what we know. Yeah. What we from the era we no. were able to quantify. You right. have to go. You go a bit with Bubba Baker. Okay. All right. So that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Not to mention their sales staff. They can help you upfit an entire kitchen. Get something for you to, I don't know, fit your budget. They can do it all. They're the best. Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break. Drew Locke said something very interesting to the media today about him as a quarterback and what he believes his future should be, whether it's the Broncos or someone else. That's next. 